This is Mr. Christopher with the Funkatopia Radio Show, and welcome one and all, and it is my honor to have the one, the only, Funk Master herself, Miss Ida Nielsen on the line. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Or how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I was so excited when this brand new album came out and we were just, uh, you know, it was kind of a funny story because everybody was giving me grief because we were doing the top funk albums of 2018. They were like, well, why is that on the list? I was like, there's no way in the world I'm going to (laughs) wait until next year to tell you about this album that was literally 24 hours out of the box. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> what a- oh, I appreciate it, though. Thank you, man. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was such a great, great freaking album. I, I, I mean, it's just, there's very few albums that are out there that really kind of really speak to just just the funk. It's just, let's let's get to it. This is, this is what we're about. You know, back in the mm-hmm. 80s, you had, you know, albums like, you know, like Jesse Johnson's first three albums and, you know, a lot of Prince's stuff. And it just... They just spoke to the funk and Bootsy Collins stuff and George Clinton stuff. Yeah. It was all just just brought the funk and that was it. There was no agenda. That was just it. And so it was really uh-huh. refreshing to get an album that actually just comes yeah. out and just brought the new stuff. And so I'm so, so thankful for that. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> so how did you get started playing bass? And like, what was the fulcrum or the tipping point where you knew, OK, I, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's because of the funk, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up in Denmark in the countryside, and uh, back then it was, it was before uh, iTunes was really happening and uh, all these things. So there was a lot of music that was not over here. Like the first time I heard some funky music I was like what is this because <laughs> it's just nothing that was going on here and I, I just immediately loved it and then the whole bass part started because I, you know I was, it's, I'm trying to make it short <laughs> I was in this small school and and we had an electric bass and everybody got a chance to try to play it and then I was singing in a choir after school with one of uh, the girls from the choir she was in a band and they had to do a concert and their bass player couldn't make it so she asked me if I wanted to try and I was like sure why not and then yeah then we we did the concert and I didn't like it one bit (laughs) but then there was this band of these young guys and they like did funk like or funky-ish music (laughs) and their own songs, but the bass player was going in and I was like, that's what I want to do. So, I mean, that's how it started. Then I, you know, I tried to, you know, mimic what he was doing and then that's how it all started. And then I just got more and more into it. Yeah, because you actually studied at the Royal Danish Academy of the Arts and you got a diploma for electric bass, and and you didn't, I mean, you actually played a lot of, what all instruments do you play? Well, bass is my main instrument, but I also play piano and guitar and drums. I actually also play like a flute, like the wooden flute. (laughs) I don't know what you call that in English. (laughs) Well, it's flute, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But not like, not the funky flute though. (laughs) Right. There's not a lot of people that do funky flute. I think, I guess Ian Anderson Uh, and Jethro Tull, he kind of does a little bit of a, 
If you really yeah. listen to his tone and the way he delivers, that's yeah, it's kind of hard to be funky with a flute. <laughs> yeah, but when it's happening, it's really funky. <laughs> and then you started playing out, and, and just for the record, I, I love Zap Mama, and I didn't, I had no oh, yeah. idea, I had no idea, and just all of you know Marie Dawn's various projects that she does. But Zap Mama, for those of you who don't know Zap Mama, just just look it up, go on YouTube, and, and just start digging around because she's amazing. How did you get tied up with Marie, and when? How did that all happen? Well, it actually happened because she had another Danish girl in her band because she was, I think that started because she was actually doing a, like a master class in Denmark and there was this uh, girl who was a singer who she liked so much that she brought her in her band because she was just so good at all this, that mama stuff. And then they needed a substitute for a tour, like on bass and the girl was like hey i know <laughs> i know the right one and because uh, she was a friend of mine and then yeah that's how it, it happened first I, I substituted for a tour uh, and that was it and then three years later she called me again and asked uh, hey we have a gig <laughs> can you do it and then i did the gig and then after that that was also just like a one-off substitution and then after that she called me and asked if i wanted to join the band so uh, that's how that started. And I also heard that you got an opportunity to jam with Stevie Wonder. I, I, I need to know about that experience. And don't leave out any details on that one for sure. Yeah, but that <laughs> I, I, I actually happened several times because uh, it happened back in the day with Step Mama. Uh-huh. But then it also happened uh, several times with Prince. Like when we were playing in 2011, we were playing a lot of concerts in LA at the Forum. Right. And he came up and uh, played with us. And then last time it happened was when we played at the White House. We pl- right. played, uh, that, and, that, and then Stevie Wonder was there too. That quote unquote private show that didn't end up being so private. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So a year or so ago, Sandberg Basses gave you your own signature bass. So can you tell me yes. like how that came about and how involved you were in making that bass and what input did you have? What what changes to the bass do you specifically make to say if this is going to be if this bass is going to have my name on it, these are the things that I really want to see. What what's involved in that process and how did that even come about? Well, it's actually quite more than you would think because I tried to make a signature bass with Sandberg before and it didn't work out because I was in the States and they're in Germany. So, you know, I designed the bass and they sent it to me and it didn't sound at all how I expected it to sound. And the, also Prince didn't like it. And, the, and I was like, oh, let's just stop it for now. It makes no sense to ship a bass like back and forth. 10 times to, you know, and I need more. Uh, so, so because Sandberg actually gave me a, the first bass I played on with Prince. I played it for quite uh, many years. And and he, he uh, Holger, the guy from the founder of Sandberg Guitars, actually gifted me that bass. And this was before I got the gig with Prince. So it was, you know, I was not famous or playing with anybody famous or anything like that. He was just being a sweet hippie, you know. <laughs> so, so I was like, if I'm ever going to do a signature bass, it has to be with Sandberg. So that's why I wanted to. But the, it did, really didn't work out. But then in 2015, 
or the beginning of 2016, before Prince passed, we were on a break. And then I went to Germany because I was in Denmark and I went to Germany for three days and, and worked on the, the bass and tried like everything from which type of pickups and where the pickups were going to be positioned, like everything that like so the, the bass would sound the way I wanted it to sound. I wanted it to sound good for like third eye girl stuff and, and like stuff that I love to play, which is you know funk right. <laughs> so, and uh and but i also wanted it to be all around so it's not only for funk but it could sound good for like if you, i wanted to play rock or just more pop or just more neutral sounding i wanted all that and then i wanted it to look really pretty <laughs> yeah i saw you went with black so, and gold yeah yes <laughs> I tried out all kinds of positions from the pickups. I would try not to be too nerdy about it, but but basically that was what I did and tried out the sound and all that and nice. yeah and figured out how it would feel. So um, yeah, so I was quite involved. Yeah, that's that's actually really really cool. Now you guys are doing actually quite a lot of touring right now, but all the touring is over there on that side of the pond, with exception yeah. of um, Is there any tour, I mean, I, I see you're coming over for the celebration. What, what's your, gonna be your involvement in the celebration here in April? Is it just gonna be during that, that Prince Live on the Big Screen thing or whatever it's called, or are you have more involvement in, in the celebration other than that? I actually don't know yet. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's not completely <laughs> clarified, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll know. Okay. Good time, yeah. Well, I'm going to be very, very excited to, to see you there because definitely, I, you know, well, obviously they invited you. Do they, they say that you, they wanted you to play in that particular thing? Or, I mean, do, what do you know is going to be your involvement in celebration? I uh, I think I will be involved in playing uh, at, with the screen because I was playing at the original concert from which it was from. That was what uh, you know I was told they were trying to. Oh right, right, right. Get the yeah. yeah so we'll, that's that's the only thing I know. Right. <laughs> and then we'll see about the rest. Well, because I know that last year at the last year at the celebration they did Prince live at the big screen. It was at the Target Center. And everybody dressed exactly like they were dressed on stage, and it was like literally a whole entire uh, thing where they just were perfectly syncopated with everything that was going on in video. So yeah, I, it, it's it was quite an undertaking from what I understand. So I'd be so excited yeah. to see you do that. Well, uh, I think you know I was not there, but uh, I believe I was playing the original, so it was more or less, yeah. Well, they tried to do as best as they possibly could is get as yeah, many yeah, people in as they could, right? So. Yeah, man. So, how did Prince discover you? I mean, when when were you approached uh, from him or the member of his entourage, or how did that all play out? Where you came on board with Prince? Uh, well, I was contacted by his manager at the time, Kieran Sharma. She called me. Mm -hmm. And I was on a festival and I couldn't really hear what she said. And I was like, what? <laughs> she was saying, don't you know Prince, the artist? And I, and I could not believe it. I thought it was a joke. I really thought some of my friends were yeah, Play, playing a prank on you or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. So, yeah, that was it. And, but then she said, okay, I'll call you back. And then I didn't hear anything for like... Two weeks, and I was like, oh, it was that. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. Dang. Yeah, it was a joke. But then uh, she actually did call me back, and and then I got invited to Minnesota for three days to jam. And 
And I did not, I didn't know it was an audition. You know, I just got invited to jam. So. The, did you? Did, yeah, it did, was pretty. <laughs> did she share with you how he had heard about you? Did he hear about you from from was it Zap Mama or one of the previous projects, or was this word of mouth and saying, "Oh, this is there's a girl that's really really good for this position"? Or what? How do you? How did, did you find out? Yeah, he told me. He told me that it was uh, like it was word of mouth. Some people told him about me. Oh, nice. And then, but also, she told me I had a MySpace ad at the time <laughs> that, was, that was still happening, <laughs> and. <laughs> So he saw my MySpace. I had some videos of me playing with my band on the smallest club in Denmark. <laughs> he would like to jam with me is what she said. <laughs> well, so many people don't know it didn't become fully aware of you probably really until Third Eye Girl. But I mean, if folks actually paid attention, like you were saying, I mean, you were on the uh, MPG tour and the Europe Fall tour. You did Welcome to America and then New York and the Carolinas and at the Forum and you yeah. did the Europe tour. I mean, so you did pretty much the whole string of the Welcome to Welcome to whatever it was, Australia, Chicago, wherever else, Live Out yeah. Loud, the Montreux Jazz Festival. At what point in time does Prince come to you and say, I've got an idea for this, for an all-girl project that I'll be fronting, and I'd like for you to, to be involved in this? Or was this a pretty much a concept of him <laughs> from the very beginning? No, this never, he never said that. It was, it <laughs> okay. was more, uh, it was more, I this didn't actually know... <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what was happening. Like it was quite normal for him to invite people to jam with. Right. So a lot of people came by for jams, and sometimes more stuff came out of it, and sometimes it didn't. But one day uh, Hannah came, and then we jammed a little bit, mm -hmm. and and then I didn't see her for almost like this was. Uh, I think this was in the beginning of 2012 or something. And then I didn't see her for a long time. And then all of a sudden she was there, I think. And she was there, we played in Chicago. Mm. Actually on the Welcome to Chicago. And then she came by because uh, she was from Chicago. And then by the end of the year, I got a call to uh, audition a guitar player. And then Hannah was there too for that audition. And then Donna turned up. And then it turned out later that Prince had asked Hannah to find a cool female guitar player, but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we just all met up and jammed a lot. And we played and played and played. He did not tell any of us about the plan that he wanted. I, I think, you know, he just wanted to try to see if he wanted it or... But he, anyways, he didn't tell us until we actually knew only that we were Third Eye Girl when we performed the first time on the Jimmy Fallon show and were presented as Prince and Third Eye Girl. <laughs> Are you serious? Cause we were doing, yeah, because we were doing all these videos before, like, there was this, oh, I don't remember exactly which came first, but we had, like, we had all these stories going on, who is Third Eye Girl, and people thinking it was us, and we made all these uh like foolish little videos that were quite fun and uh so we didn't think it was us we just thought we were like doing something mysterious <laughs> and, and then uh, we were presented and we're like oh okay <laughs> i guess uh i guess that's it <laughs> very cool now was yeah it kind of surprising because you know you you were brought in to do bass guitar only now was at this point 
was i mean i know you had you know you had hannah in the mix which which you had mentioned before but you know were you supposed to play guitar or was were you, were you always going to be the bass player for the project for third eye girl yes just bass well uh what happened was when i started playing with prince i mean after the first audition we pretty much went on tour straight after that was in 2010 so i played like with the mpg for a couple of years where i played bass and then in 2012 he decided to do a big band with a lot of horns and then he put me on guitar first with mike scott and then when donna came she she was it was donna me who were playing guitar in the big band but for third eye girl i was always playing bass uh, nice because i heard you're a pretty pretty good guitar player i've never seen i couldn't can't find any video clips of you actually playing guitar guitar <laughs> but i heard you're actually pretty good well i'm good at the funky riff but that's it <laughs> <laughs> but well that normally fits i'm your playing all the well. guitar parts i'm playing all the funky guitar parts on the album now, when you guys were doing all those sessions too, you know there was a lot of amazing recordings done during that process that it never seemed oh, yeah. the light of day. Like I mean, songs like Menstrual Cycle and Moondrop and Octopus Heart and all <laughs> yeah. those things. Were, are they are those ever going to see the light of day, or do you are you aware of anything that may possibly come out with some of those jams that were just kind of? I have no idea. I must say, I don't, it's, you know, it's not on me. So I don't know what's, I know we recorded some, like when we were recording the Third Eye Girl album, we recorded quite a lot of other material that on some of it was really, really beautiful that I suppose was uh, supposed to go on a later album. But um, yeah, I, you know, uh. I don't know what's happening. Now, speaking of Third Eye Girl, I mean, do you ever stay in regular contact with Hannah or Donna regularly or? Oh, yeah. Nice. Ever, ever thoughts yeah. about doing something together as a trio in the future, just for one-off or a get-together gig? I'm sure it will happen at some point when the timing is right. You know, we all want to, and we all love each other. It's totally family, but, you know, timing-wise, it's not been right yet. So we'll gotcha. just have to see. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the brand-new album, Time to Stop Worrying About the Weird Stuff. Because right. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so great. For those of you who have not picked it up, please do. It's so funky and very, very straightforward funk. You're not. It, it's just no frills funk, which is what I really, really loved about this album. And the title seems pretty obvious enough, but but there isn't any title track to kind of back that up. So so where did the album no. title come from? <laughs> Actually, it's the drummer in my band, Patrick. Mm -hmm. It was something he said. <laughs> once like some I don't know we had some weirdness going on like you know when it when you're on tour a lot of weird stuff can happen and <laughs> at some point I don't even remember why he said it but I was like why is this happening and he was he just said you know at some point I think it's time with this band it's time to stop worrying about the weird stuff and I was like yeah man you're right <laughs> And, and then, you know, it's, I said, just this time to stop worrying about the words. I just loved it so much, what he said, that I was like, this is like, this is a title of some sort. And then also, there's so much weird stuff going on in the world. So oh, yeah. I thought it was very time appropriate. Yeah. That's, also. That's a given. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I thought it was very fitting and, and it's, 
Yeah, because I was debating what to call the album and, you know, should I put one of the album tracks as the title? But then I was like, no, I just want to throw that in there. Because I think it's just, and everybody, uh, like my booking agents were like, no, it's way too long for an album title. I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I think it's, I like it. <laughs> you know, some of the intricacies of it, like for instance, on the album cover, it says time to stop worrying. And then in parentheses, it's about the weird stuff and about the weird stuff is yeah. all lowercase. And I was yeah. like, I wonder if there was any conscious decision regarding that nuance or if it was just, that's just the way that it was put on there. <laughs> I didn't know there was any anything yeah. secret behind that. Yeah, I think it's, well, mostly because then you can just call it time to stop worrying, which also makes sense in itself, you know, because I right. do believe there's no point in worrying about stuff you can't change, you right. know, you just... And how appropriate, because uh, so. So I'm worried about the weird stuff, like everything being in lowercase. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a physical copy. I only have the MP3 version that I had, I had purchased. And I, I, But I wanted to investigate, you know, who was involved in this album and who are some of the players. And as I'm kind of digging around, uh -huh. I'm finding out that it's mostly you. And so who are some of the players on this album and how much, you know, how many of the instruments do you actually play on this entire album? And who are some of the players that are on this album? Well, I have two drummers on the album who both are playing in my band. Uh, one is called Patrick Dorthian and he's actually, I've known him since I've uh, played with Sat Mama. He's been my friend's uh, friend forever. Mm. So he's in the band and then and there's another a Danish guy called Jun Kuntvi who's playing drums. They're kind of sharing the tracks. Okay. And then I'm playing all the keys and the basses and the rhythm guitars. So, so this and, album is completely uh, you, with exception of the, the drum well, parts for some. Well, I know that Liv Warfield yeah, and, and Shelby then, J come on there for, for like uh, on Disco Dislocation. But. Yeah, and Kugu Agami, the Danish rapper, and Sana Light, the Norwegian rapper. Right. They're both featured, and of course, they're doing their own thing. And Donna Grant is, is playing like a huge solo on the track she is. And Mika Venpo, uh, the guitar player in my band, is playing solo on the on the last song and uh, is doing some vocals too. Nice. So, nice, nice. yeah. And I said the album is very straightforward, and it's pretty much. You know, all about the funk and bass thumping. I mean, yeah. you can even tell just by reading the titles. We came to get funky, rock the bass, <laughs> F-U-N-K-Y, the disco, disco, funk in the trunk. I mean, like every single song is pretty much, is pretty much based around. Now, was that, was that the plan or is a conscious decision from the start or was this just a result of what you were feeling? You just said this, we are doing funk, straightforward funk. That's what's happening here. What kind of process yes. did you have going on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, because, you know, I, I started... After I released my previous album, Turn It Up, which was also mostly funk, I started touring with my band and and we're touring with with my funk music. And I also write different kind of music, but it doesn't really fit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just decided, like, this is what I'm doing now. I'm doing funk because I love funk music. It's, we love when you do uh, it, too. We love when you do it. Yeah, oh, it. thank you. Oh man, and 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 we have so much fun doing it. So I mean, I might like down the road release something that's not maybe so funk, funky, but it will be a little bit funky. I can't imagine. Right. <laughs> but maybe <laughs> I can't either. I decide to not play so much bass, but I I just love it so much, and I 
Right. Yeah, I just uh, want to also establish the band as, you know, when we come, it's it's getting funky and all that, so. Yeah. So, answer answer this question. What is a fong dollar? Oh. Yeah, it's a it's it's a person. <laughs> oh, it is. Okay. It, and yeah, it is it's, it's actually uh, uh the keyboard player in my band. <laughs> oh, <it's... laughs> His his name is Funk, and then it's a stupid story, but <laughs> the guitar player started calling him Funk Dalla because <laughs> we're sitting in the van, and he was sitting next to me, and then the guitar player was like, "Hey, Funk, you're sucking up to the boss." I don't know how you say that, <laughs> and then he just started this whole. He just went on like uh, this whole role about ah, you're just about the money, Funk Dalla, and, <laughs> and then, okay. uh, yeah, and then you know I just. I don't know. I just made the song because it was really stupid. You know, some of the songs well, are quite stupid. And, you know, it's just stuff that happens on tour. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I didn't want to embarrass myself and ask that question, so I went on to Google and I typed in Fongdala. Let's see what let's see what they say. And of course, Google didn't have... Uh, Google's like, I have no idea what that is. Did you mean... Yeah. <laughs> and it gave me a bunch oh, of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember all the things that I thought I was asking about, but it wasn't that... So did <laughs> did Prince get to get to hear any of this stuff before it hit the album? Yes, he heard. Uh, well, not the not this album, but the previous album, the one called "Turn It Up." Right. Yeah, I do that. I, I sent him the track. I was gonna send him more tracks, but I sent him the track called "Show Me What You Got." And he actually gave me uh, quite some advice about mixing because he was like, "Well, it's it's good, it's funky, but." <laughs> and uh, and then he told me to clean it up because I had all these. I mean, it's still quite busy, but I had like all this stuff going on, and uh, you know, I just put all. I love funny sounds, so it was quite full of it. So I had to take out some of it. Which is kind of surprising because he loves doing that stuff. He loves putting in those little weird sounds and backmasking stuff. And so I'm just surprised that he gave you that particular suggestion. Oh, no, no. It was more like, you know, leave some space in it, which I think is what he's all about. Even like he likes funny stuff, but I guess I had funny stuff all over the place. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's, I feel like... This, like one of the things I learned so much playing for him, him and working with him, of course. But like one of the things is, you know, leave some space. It's the space that makes it funky. If you just fill out all the space with stuff and noise and notes and whatnot, then, you know, let it breathe. That's, so. that's a pretty awesome suggestion because I hear a lot of funk music that's out there that comes from various bands that have been doing it for many, many years. And, and they still don't grasp that lesson that there is, mm. there literally is so much music in that silence, and and they just yes. don't. It's it's the way it's spaced, the way it kind of rears up and then slaps down. It's just there's so yeah. much in that, and people just don't realize that. And so you hear all these funk bands that are just putting so much stuff in it, and I guess that was one of probably one of the reasons why I was so drawn to your album was because I really felt like you captured that really really well and it was just it was amazing very good great great job. oh thank you oh man thanks because it's you know it's, as a musician it's hard not to because you you know you can always 
play more, you know. Right. But it's, but but it's yeah. So it's hard, but it's really great when there's room and space. Unless it's a different style, and it's a different style that is like that. But for more, like you know, I love the old school stuff, and yeah. So great that's stuff. what I'm trying to. Yeah. So, so I mean, even though the new album is all about funk, it, it does close with the track "Something to Say," and, and I know that there's. You know, most of it, most of it is just pure, just fun funk. I mean, it's it literally is. You can't yeah. spell funk without fun, anyways. And you really, you definitely <laughs> captured that. But then it closes with something to say, which is a little bit more. I'm trying to think of the right word. Everybody has passions and convictions. What are some of the charities and passions and convictions that that you have that you, you know, when you're not on stage funking it up? What are some of the things that you really are, are really passionate about? Well, first of all, the song is like I had this, you know, I thought I need also to say just a little bit that's not just goofing around, you know, it's a whole album. So, uh, but basically I do care quite a lot about the environment and what is happening. I, you know, the world is getting so weird and, mm. you know, you could go on for hours of what is happening with like the time we're living in and probably... People have always felt like that. This time is crazy, but to me, it feels like right now it's it's extra crazy. All the craziness is a little bit extra, and I feel like it's so important to have some compassion and and to not forget that you know, <laughs> or as Prince would say, love for one another. That's you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's a contrast. It. Yeah, it's definitely a contrast. Yeah. I, mean, I can see yeah. the contrast from what you know. I mean. How different do you see that we're approaching that, uh, approaching those concerns that you have in the United States versus where you are now overseas? I mean, because I, I mean, obviously, with being in the United States, like I am, I've I, for, for whatever reason, I've never been overseas. I don't know what the reasoning was. It just I don't know why. But so my vision of that reality is very, very skewed and I'm unfortunately very very american how different are we in that regard and and as far as focusing on environmental things as opposed to overseas i don't think it's only the united states because i feel like it's also all over here like the whole everything has been taking a turn to me also in europe so these things become less important and uh those more uh, humanity crisis and and it's it's crazy you can like if you watch the news and and you know what's going on and it's like there's some catastrophes going on somewhere and it hardly get mentioned on the news and oh, then yeah. you see what it, what else is on the news it's like what why <laughs> why is it like this yeah. so i i just think it's a tendency in the time such a fantastic fantastic album is there anything specific that you wanted to bring up regarding the album that you'd like to say before we head out yes uh, and thank you <laughs> i would just like to make an extra shout out for donna and for Liv and shelby i'm very honored and very happy that they wanted to join me on this album and reunite with me for some purpleness and yeah i want to give them some extra love well, and I they're sure. killing it on my album. They're just taking yes, it to the are. next level. Yes, they are. Yeah. Absolutely killing it. But you're killing it too. I can't believe that you are donning all the instruments 
on this album. It's such a great album. If you guys do not have this album, pick it up. It's called Time to Stop Worrying About the Weird Stuff, and it's a number two. So it's time to stop worrying about the weird stuff. <laughs> and it's pretty much available everywhere. Amazon, Google Play, iTunes, CD Baby. You can pick it up wherever. Is there a specific place that you would like them to go to pick it up more so than the others? Or you just want people to just listen to it? Yeah, just listen to it. That makes me happy. <laughs> oh, good. All right. So, and here's what I can tell you listeners. If you listen to it on Spotify, please make sure if you like it and you love it like we did, Go out and purchase it because that's the only way that she's going to be able to keep bringing us this amazing, funky music. Ida, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you it. so much for everything, man. Thank you for having me. Well, it was it was an honor, and I'm, I was glad that we were able to get you onto that Best Funk Albums of 2018, although technically you were in 2019. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, I'm very happy you made the... <laughs> I had to. Uh, yeah. I had to. Thanks. I had to make that concession just because of the fact I just uh, and as I said before at the beginning, it was like people were asking me, but that's 2019. It's like, no, we're not doing this right now because if I have <laughs> to wait until January of next year to tell you about this amazing album that's available right now, that's just not <laughs> gonna happen. We just can't I can't wait. I can't wait. But everybody, uh. <laughs> please, please pick up this album. It's so amazing. Please purchase it. It's a great, great honor to have you, Ida, here on Funkatopia. And thank you so much for joining us, dear. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right. And we'll talk to you guys later. And thank you for listening to Funkatopia. Woo!